Well, hello, hello. Thank you again, AJ. What a lovely intro. Welcome back, Mafians. This is your host, Too Clever Mafia, the host of the Too Clever Mafia podcast. And wow, uh, this is a very special episode. We're we're com- commemorating, AJ. Is that what we're doing? Yep. Yeah, we're commemorating uh, President Biden's first uh, speech. I guess first public speech that we've seen. This is a, a momentous occasion, and after sixty-five days in office, uh, President Biden finally made it to the podium to address the American people, and he addressed us for just a well, just about under an hour, and he called. If you didn't see it, he called out reporters to ask a few questions. But um, he didn't just call any reporter randomly like we were used to seeing in the previous administration. He, he carefully went through his, his tabbed binder that was brought out for him and, you know, selected the, the piece of paper that had that reporter on there. And I don't know, kind of feels like he knew the question that was coming and picked them out. And um, he had an opening statement that was very brief. Uh, went over a few things, and then he had some, uh, then he went through the questions. So what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of break down some of the questions. I'm not going to give you you word by word, play by play, but just some things that stuck out that he said and did. And when he went off script a couple of times, not too many, I feel like that were the real moments. So we're going to go into some of that and some of the reviews. Most of this stuff was just you know, the typical campaign rhetoric, it was, uh, you know, at points I thought he might have still thought he was running for president. Who knows? <laughs> kind of gave me that impression. I wasn't too confident in the whole thing, but we're going to go over it. In the end, I'll give you my grade. And um, we'll, we're going to get right into it here. So in, in his opening statement, he talked about a few quick points, which really, I don't think he said much, but his goal, one of the things was he had a goal back that he... Uh, before he was sworn in, but after he won the presidency back in December, uh, I think it was like December 8th or something like that. Um, his goal at that time was to have 100 million people vaccinated within the first 100 days of his presidency. Well, he uh, alluded to the fact that he had almost 200 million people vaccinated. That's nuts. Right, right, AJ. Well, here's the thing with that. There's about 320 plus million people in the United States. So mathematically, he's saying that two thirds of the American people, which would be about what, 66% or something like that, have been vaccinated. That makes no sense. Nope. Because, you know, aside from the children in a lot of states that aren't even able to get vaccinated and Dr. Fauci and his saying that we're nowhere near herd immunity of that 60%, it makes no sense. It just doesn't... mathematically, if you're paying, and you don't have to be an expert at math, it just doesn't make any sense what they're saying, folks. And if you if you listen to what they're saying, and you break out all, some of this BS and some of these numbers these politicians throw at us, and, and you say, wait a minute, and you ask yourself some questions about what they said, and you're like, this doesn't head up. And it just turns into a big barrel of BS, is what, what I think. And, well, I don't, I don't think that number is right. Maybe he misspoke, who knows? I know at one point, in the beginning, he also bragged about a little bit about the payments that the American people received uh, as part of the American Rescue Plan, uh, the trillion-dollar plan that went out to everybody. And 
he kind of bragged about the growth in GDP that's getting to 6%. And he mentioned a little bit about how unemployment has fallen. And th 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 this was something that a little confused me, his wording. But um, And his wording at times, and I don't even know if it's his age, but his wording at times, if you look at some of his old uh, speeches that he's done, he is confusing. And he puts, I don't know, he, I, he almost talks as if, you know, in, in, in English, in the language, sometimes in, in, in other languages, you know, the, the adjectives and the nouns, they're the reversed and, and all of that. And he talks sometimes in English as if it's not his first language. Uh -huh. Like he's learning it and he's reversed it because of, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what I, that's just my take on it. But he mentioned unemployment has fallen below the pre-pandemic high, he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, AJ finds that funny. Yeah, so it doesn't make, uh, take that for what it is. I don't even know. And his opening statement, he also uh, was a little braggadocious about the the goal he had about getting all schools open, at least the K-8 through eight schools. And this was a, a confusing thing, too, because he started bragging about it and like, yeah, my, you know, my goal was to get all these K-8 through eight schools open in the first 100 days of my presidency. And then he said, well, uh, which I didn't even knew he had that goal. But then he came back and he said that, well, half are open and I still have 35 days left. That's nuts. <laughs> right, right, AJ. So, you know, what? what? I, I don't understand him. And he's the leader of our country. He's got to be clear in his, in his speech and what he's explaining. And I, I just, I don't get it. Sometimes I just don't understand. I want to, but I just don't. And he was kind of bragging about something he didn't do. And quite honestly, I don't even think, um, you know, I don't think any of the children, I mean, at least where, where, where I'm located in the Northeast of, of the United States, they, a lot of them aren't even planning on going back to, uh, uh until September. I mean, that's the, a goal. It's not even like a concrete thing. And I know, I guess some other states are a little bit far behind and I don't know who he's referencing when he gives out these goals because, you know, he's the president of the United States of America. He doesn't dictate the individual schools and in the individual states and how they're doing as far as the pandemic goes and infection rates. And well, I'm not going to get into all that. Some of that stuff I don't necessarily, uh, buy into but the so the, then the questions began right and you know it was kind of a, a a jeopardy uh board but unfortunately biden had all the answers because he knew what the questions were at least it appeared that way and the very first question he shouted out it was the associated press and it was kind of a multi-part question about immigration, gun control promises that he made. And his answer came back to a, a, his stump speech, his, his campaign speeches and, and rhetoric. And he answered that, um, you know, he was elected to solve problems. Yeah, I mean, well, why else would you have been elected? I mean, we, we don't put our leaders in there because, well, we can solve the problems ourselves or, or, or you know, that's your job. So... But he said he was elected to, seal, to, to solve problems, to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. And another head scratcher he called economic dislocation. Now, uh -huh. I don't remember that on the ballot. I, I really don't. 
And I, I went back and looked and to try to see if I can find any of him, any speeches of him talking about that or saying that's what he was going to run. I couldn't find anything. So I don't know where this came from. This is another speech writer who just dropped in some tidbits for him to read off. And that's what he read off. So most of the time, and this is, a, I think, a reoccurring theme, I felt his responses were rambling and occasionally would hit like a talking point, like climate control. Um, and when he was pressed on immigration, he quickly pivoted to uh, Republican divide. You know, it was kind of, it was kind of typical of a politician, but not a very good one. And he wasn't ready to answer some of the immigration questions just yet when the Associated Press let off the questioning. And maybe he was saving it for another reporter who knows that he had the question on his list, but he, he did kind of sneak in some comments here and there about a growing economy and, you know, these, these little points that they try to drive home all the time and they'll repeat and repeat and repeat and then eventually we'll remember everything. Right. But, and that's what we'll think of that person as who knows. And quite honestly, the economy was really good before COVID-19 and no one could have predicted it. It hit, um, you know, the economy hit bottom last year and it, I think it was in the beginning of last year, then it, it just went up from there. I mean, if, if you look at it, the only way it could have gone was up. It really couldn't, yeah, it, it couldn't have gone anywhere but up. I mean, so you're, you're bragging about something that you really, I don't know how much you had to do with, and that's kind of, um, I don't know, typical, I guess, of politicians, right? But then the next question came in, and I'm just going to summarize it, but it basically, um, it, it, it summarized how Biden had mentioned to tell everybody uh, to come to America, all these immigrants come to America, and the question basically was, hey, Biden, was it a bad idea? And I kind of, I kind of was impressed at the spin he turned on this. He turned around and he said, you know, he was flattered. And this was clearly a canned response he was ready for. But he said he was flattered that people think he's a good guy. That's horrible. <laughs> right, calm down. Calm down over there, AJ. Uh, he, 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 I was concerned and confused about this statement for a lot of things. You know, it took me a couple of other sentences before I kind of caught up with what he said. And you know, him being a good guy has nothing to do with it. You know, protecting our country and our borders and the people within these borders, it's the, it's the leader's job. It's the president's job. And his failure to do so, in, in my view, would make him a bad president. And I think he's overwhelmed. I honestly, my personal opinion, I don't think he was, I, I don't think he was ready for this. I don't think he was ready for any of this, but I don't think he was ready for, um, having to do all of the, 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 the nuts and bolts of dealing with just erasing some of the previous administration's uh, policies and what they were holding on to. And, and I don't think he was, but, but like I said, him being a good guy has nothing to do with it. And he's only been president now for what, 65 days. So if he was like a new employee, he'd still be on a probationary period. Right. But the, the, the issue with this argument, and I, you know, I really love that to be the, you know, Hey, he's new. 
he's he's working his way into it. He's never been in politics before. But the issue with that argument is he was VP for eight years. He's in politics for over 45, I think 47 or something like that. And he's already lost a couple of presidential campaigns before. Yep. And allegedly, some of this was due to plagiarism and lying and, you know. Unbelievable. Should we still give him the benefit of the doubt just because he's a he's an old man now and he looks fragile and, and you know, he thinks that people think he's a good guy? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he may be a great guy. He looks like a, you know. He's just looks like a, a fragile old man. I mean, I, I, I'm no spring chicken, but, uh, I can tell you, I probably could beat him in a race, AJ. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if maybe not, maybe he, I saw him fall up those, uh, plane stairs, uh, last, last week was it or whatever. And, uh, I felt for him. I've done that. I've done that many times and I'm glad he didn't fall down because, that would have been something. But anyway, so like I said, these questions went on for a while and I really just heard some of the, they really didn't, uh, other than like Bloomberg and CBS, they really didn't talk to many of the, any right wing news uh, media outlets that I was aware of. Uh, he didn't really mention a lot of them. And the, I don't know, I guess I could just spare you the, the BS of all the political grandstanding he did and just touch on a few points that uh, stood out to me and you know one of them uh, he had mentioned he, he one of the things he said was migration was a long-term problem okay and, and that may be true unbelievable <laughs> right okay AG, calm down again so it may be true but the the current problem is what the president needs to address you know how people are being housed and uh, we'll get into that in a little bit but he tend to blame trump for issues at the border most of them and but he but seemed to smile and he seemed you know he even boasted about being almost kind of like being happy about legal immigration has increased 30 percent because of him his nice guy perception really and however no he went on to blame trump for taking down all the facilities and now they're going to have to rebuild and they're kind of starting from scratch and that's why we have the problem we have and is that really the root cause of the problem nope Trump took them down because they were really no longer needed. He he kept, you know, the the immigrants in their country, well, in another country for the most part, until, you know, while they're being processed and all of that. And I, I, I'm kind of going back and forth about, is it our obligation to help our own country and our own people first? Or, you know, if we see somebody sitting on the other side of the river, and they're waiting there because they decided to leave their home. And I'm sure it wasn't a great and, and optimal uh, situation for them to trek across, according to the, the President Biden said, a thousand mile trek across the desert. And which I don't know how many people survive that if that was the actual case. But, you know, they had some really nice Biden T-shirts on. So I don't know where they got those from. They obviously got some cash on them. But anyway... I digress. The, the the administration, the Trump administration, took those down because we didn't need them anymore. And and then as soon as Biden undid the, some of Trump's policies and ended up creating the situation where we do need them, and he didn't kind of think ahead and say, hey, we, we need to rebuild this stuff before we tear down some of these other rules so we're in a position to handle this situation better, quicker, and more efficiently. 
And he went on a little bit again about uh, uh, the the ages of the kids. And he seemed to kind of try to steer, I think he was trying to steer the, the perception away from everybody being saddened because, you know, the idea was, I guess, the perception is there's a bunch of five-year-olds and below sitting in these, uh, in these cages uh, without their parents. And he... You know, even, even then he said, he, well, his words were, there are a few babies crying in there. He said, but at these, and he admitted that, and he said, but at these border facilities, they're mostly 16 to 17 year old uh, males. And I said, well, you know, I started thinking, I said, well, what is that different? That doesn't make a difference. We're taking in children. They're still children. I mean, I know 25 year olds that, that still can't take care of themselves. So we're still taking in children that need uh, guidance and help and, and can't really survive on their own without some sort of uh, interaction to, you know, to help support them. But then he went on to say that there was, that these, and it, this, he, no one in the media picked up on this, but I mean, they really didn't say anything at the time and follow up on it. But he said these, these uh, places they're putting them in is 1500% over capacity. That's horrible. And that should be alarming. Why, why is... Why, why did it, how did it get to that point overnight? Because previously he had also mentioned that, well, this happens every summer, every January, February, uh, March, you know, we get an increase of, uh, uh, of migrants because that's the best time for them to walk across the desert. I mean, that's basically what, I mean, I'm summarizing obviously, but that's basically what, uh, what Biden said. And he's, he's blaming it on, he said, Trump had similar migration issues as well. So. He, you know, I really want to like this guy because he's the president of our country. Um, and, you know, I, I stand behind uh, whoever our leaders are, whether I voted for them or not. And, but he makes it so difficult, so difficult. I mean, increasingly, um, yeah, something interesting I, I, I didn't really, wasn't really aware of. I, I've heard of it, but I didn't understand the, the, the he did explain, um, that these children come over with little wristbands on and it has their, their phone number on it. Right. And they're fine. And I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Right. Right. AJ. So I'm thinking to myself, well, these numbers call, well, they obviously, this is a, this is planned. And some, he was saying, he was alluding to, uh, the fact, well, he didn't allude to it. He, he said that they were, uh, coyotes were, were, part of this and they would send these people across and then they would be coyotes or, or in some cases they from what I read afterwards was that these could be, the children could be drug, drug mules, um, all this stuff, but they come over with these phone numbers attached. And then he said, well, we were just going to fly him back. And then there were a couple of reporters from, I think one from Univision and, and, uh, they were down there and they talked to these folks and they said, no one has called these kids parents. And why First of all, why are they putting their phone numbers on there to call them to say, hey, I'm the parent, send them back, right? That's crazy. Why, I, you just send a kid out and here's a band with their phone number in case you get lost, send them back. Like, really? Is that, what, what's going on there? there? There's a bigger problem here. Are they sending them back to the people that they came from? And then there was a question he kind of said that um, Biden went into the fact that, you know, we got to check these phone numbers. You know, we're supposed to call him in a couple of hours, which wasn't being done. The reporter kind of called him out on it. He stumbled as usual. And he said that we are working on a way to um, maybe test these 
children to match their DNA. And who are going to match their DNA with? With their parents that are, according to him, a thousand miles away. And then, uh, you know, he, oh, yeah, this, he, he, he said the advanced, he was going to ask them advanced psychological questions like, what's your dog's name? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was going to be the, that, that was the real, uh, uh, nobody could answer that question. So if they're a coyote or some sort of mule for something or, or traffic, human trafficker, they're not going to, they're going to be, they're going to be busted right there. What's your dog name? They're going to run out of the room, uh, screaming, screaming, running back to their country. Oh, come on, come on. And so he rambled on and on and he, about getting rid of, uh, the filibuster, which at one point I, I kind of took it to be, he was saying that he wasn't familiar with the filibuster enough to really even talk about it in detail about getting rid of it and how it used to be, he did mention how it used to be old and I, I used to be used. And then at one point he, he said 120 years ago when he was in Senate, none of that was a joke or he misspoke and was talking about when the rule came into effect. But, um, he clearly was, he started losing his edge, whatever caffeine he'd had beforehand. He kind of lost that towards the, the middle of it. And then he started having these kind of angry outbursts to kind of show his dominance, right. To, to the world because the world was watching about him being such a powerful powerful president and to be honest if he's been in uh politics for 45 plus years and he doesn't know what a filibuster is um if you or i don't know we could in two minutes google it and see what wikipedia says right how does he not know as the president what that is if he spent all those years in 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 the senate and eight years as a vice president, he should know it inside and out. Again, it just shows either he was just so sheltered from what he needed to know or didn't care. And his goals and his ideals were nothing to do with being a leader and a president and, and a good champion of, of, of the United States of America. He, he clearly, there was other ideals he had and some of those recordings you might have heard of him doing some business dealings and, and he might not do any of that anymore, but, but, uh, it sure doesn't seem like he spent all his years doing anything, uh, good in, uh, in the Senate other than just collecting a paycheck in the American tax dollars, right? He almost started to give us his secret recipe for success and how he gets things done. But then he kind of stumbled and, uh, kind of had a matrix moment and, uh, he was like, yeah, we, you know, this is how we get things done. And then, uh, there was a brief pause and he didn't know where he was for a moment. And then he came back with an, uh, uh, we're going to get things done. So, uh huh, <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting. And then I, I have serious concerns uh, after watching today about his mental state and his, his sharpness and, you know, say, say what you will, but, but, but this is a man with the nuclear codes and top secret and classified information. He, he, he just looked weak, his demeanor. And he, I, it's almost when you get older and I've experienced this, but maybe not on the, the level that, uh, that president Biden is experiencing at this point, your, your mind, your mind might be sharp, you know, inside, but then your body can't kind of, you know, you can't maybe talk the, the words or, or, you kind of know what you want to do and you 
but the so the outward presentation of what you're trying to get across doesn't always make it out as sharp and as clear as, as it once did. And it happens. It happens as you get older. And I'm not a doctor, and I don't even pretend to be one on, on radio. But he does not look sharp. He does not look sharp. And he did say he, this was something interesting. He did say he wanted to help other countries by not giving the government the money, but finding ways to that, um, if they needed work to be done, the example I think he gave was like light posts or something. He, he did say that he would then hire the contractors to do the work. And it's an interesting idea, but there's other parts to that. And who are these contractors? Obviously I believe they have to be American contractors if I'm not mistaken. And, but those American contractors can then outsource to these foreign countries who a lot of these foreign countries and their construction and they're, you know, they're corrupt and they're involved in, they're involved in the government. So the money just ends up going full circle to the government in a longer path. And then and sometimes even more money that way. So I don't know how, I mean, it's a good idea, but how would you monitor that stuff? And you know, what if they don't need the light posts? That's something to think about. Uh, really brief about uh, the May first deadline. We had a, uh, Donald Trump had put into effect a May first deadline to get out of Afghanistan, and um, he, Biden was kind of gently pushed into giving an answer. And he said, for tactical reasons, uh, the the deadline will probably they they won't hit the deadline. And he was again pushed a little bit, not really hard, kind of a nudge. And he said he didn't picture our troops being there next year. Now. Uh, this reporter, when Biden called on him, said his name was Ken. And so this Ken, I'd like to know what news media uh, corporation, but they I, they should do that. They really should tell you who they are and where they're from for everyone. He did it for like two or three people, and that was it. And they want basically want the media to have access to all the facilities, not just the one that there was a couple of pictures that just came out, all these border facilities. And... Biden kind of fumbled and he, he came right out and said, you know, he doesn't know when people will have access to it. And he basically, he said he, he wants to wait until he gets, until things get going. And then he went on to a thing why he doesn't go down there because he doesn't want the secret service to get in the way of what's doing and blah, 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 all that baloney. Unbelievable. You know, if any other president had basically just said, no, you know, we're not going to give you the information. We're, you know, you're going to wait until we clean the mess up and then you can come down and see it. That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound right. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I recently watched this thing on television. It was a, a scam. Mrs. Mafia had it on. It was like a scam. The guy was selling wine or something like that. I don't know. And he, it was illegal. But, but, and I said, you know, at the end, of the, they, they break into this, well, they get a warrant. And they go into this guy's house and then they find all these thousands of bottles of wine just sitting in the guy's living room in, in corks and he was selling all this counterfeit wine, remaking it. I don't know what the whole deal was. But anyway, you know, what if he didn't, wasn't allowed, no one was allowed to go in that house and, you know, he, he said, you know, hey, you guys can't come in right now. Uh, I need to get rid of all the evidence and all the bad stuff and then I'll let you guys in when I'm done. I don't know when that'll be but I'll just uh, let you guys in when I want to clean everything up. And there was surprisingly no follow-up. I don't know if they, they, they shut him down and pulled the microwave away from him because they didn't really show the reporters, but no follow-up question to, um, you know, basically saying, Hey, we, we're not letting you see anything until it's what we want you to see. And that's no way 
for a transparent government to operate. There really isn't. He went on about North Korea a little bit. And he says uh, he was prepared to handle the two recent missile tests with diplomacy, uh, but concluded uh, by saying North Korea was a top concern. And that was kind of a back and forth about how Biden had told President, I'm sorry, Obama had told President Trump when he came into the Oval Office that one of the top concerns was North Korea. And President Trump got on a plane and went right over there and tried to take care of that uh, concern. And and things remained pretty cordial during his presidency. But um, one of the, the, the takeaways from that whole that whole mess was uh, it seemed to be a very touchy subject and another kind of subject he wasn't really ready to answer uh, but he can concluded he will work with uh, he, he'll try diplomacy he, he went on and how there was some UN violation of the sanctions blah 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 but he'll try to deal with it in, in a di- diplomatic way um, there was a question about voting rights that came up a very touchy subject again um, when he was asked about his reelection, he, he kind of said, yes, I think if I play back the tape, which I haven't done yet. Um, but if I play back the tape, I, I believe he said yes. And then he was asked to clarify, this was by a CBS, a CBS reporter. And he said, um, uh, the CBS reporter was pressing him and saying, Hey, you, you, are you going to run ag- again at this time in, in, his presidency, President Trump, had already announced that he was trying to, he was going to run again. And and Biden, I don't know if this was a gaffe or not, but he said, oh God, I miss him when the reporter was talking about Donald Trump. And he kind of pulled back a bit and said he expected to run, uh, God willing. So, and I think there was a little bit of an anger situation there. You think the old come on man type of response somewhere in there. And I don't know, he's just trying to, read his notes, I think, Biden, and doing, you know, everything that they have told him to say and do out there. It was very, very scripted, I felt. And he he also mentioned, though, that he didn't think, and these, this was a verbatim, he said he didn't think there was going to be a Republican Party when, you know, he was kind of pressed to see if he was excited or what his thoughts were on facing potentially Donald Trump in a re-election. So another big, uh, big thing that came out of it was I thought there was like a 90, he said 90 of the Fortune 500 companies are not paying taxes. So that was very interesting. And I'd like to know who they are. I really would. I think, uh, I, I think most Americans would like to know, to know who they are. So we, I think we're going to take a short break here, AJ, and then, uh, we're going to be back. We'll finish up. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, some of the stuff he talked about gun control in, in China. And I'm going to give you my final my final grade on what I think uh, the speech, uh, you know, kind of how the speech went. So we'll be right back after a short break. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is your host, Too Clever Mafia, and you are listening to the Too Clever mafia podcast and this is going to be part two of our uh, presidential biden's first press conference and uh you excited aj you excited this is almost coming to an end unbelievable <laughs> yeah i know how much you you love politics right aj 
<laughs> we went over a lot of things already, and we wanted to kind of just touch base a little bit on what, um, what the final reporters asked. And this, Justin from Bloomberg had asked about China relationship and tariffs and imports, and he had a... a Biden had another long-winded, nice workaround, though. I gotta admit, nice workaround uh, with his uh, response to the question, and he went into this three-part plan about he, you know, he said no confrontation but competition. And my take from it was Biden was going to make sure he told everyone all the bad things that he doesn't like that China is doing, and he's gonna basically a tattletale. He's gonna go out there and he. He is not going to stand for people not knowing what's going on. And I, <laughs> <laughs> right? And he's like, okay, well, you know what? Even I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell what's going on. I'm going to tell on you. I'm, you know, I don't know who, who's going to get you in trouble because kind of I'm the leader of the free world, but I'm going to tell on you to somebody. So anybody he tells for the most part, right, is below him in the world ranking of leaders, <laughs> right? Anybody he tells, so think about that. So he's going like, to, it's, it's like if you're a kid and you, you know, you, you go to, you, you go to your parents and say, Hey, uh, you know, can I have ice cream for dessert? And the parents says, you know, I'm going to have to take that up to Jane. I'm going to have to, you know, see what the upper management uh, says about that. And I'll get back to you. Like, so in, in a way it was really a, a, a very, uh, soft response. And, kind of in a way to say, hey, listen, I, I, I'm not dealing with China. I've got too much going on. You know, he babbled on a little bit about China and how they don't believe in democracy and they believe in this autocracy and 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 how China does um, what, you know, they don't believe that democracy can survive. Now, if I'm I'm the president of the free world that really believes in, and Biden had said this as well, we believe in freedom, we believe in human rights, things, things like that, basic stuff, right? And... But Biden didn't seem concerned. He didn't seem like he was going to do anything about it other than tattletale to make sure the world knows about it. You know, so it seems he just uh, took it in stride with no major concern. And, uh, you know, after all, I mean, does he do business in China? I thought I heard that somewhere. Maybe not. Maybe some of his money does somewhere through somebody else. I, I don't know. I don't know. So... And gun control came up. Gun control was discussed in a flash. If you blinked, you missed it. And a reporter had asked, basically, what are you going to do? I mean, you're following up to the previous statements that he made about the recent shootings where he said he was going to do something. You know, he's going to do all these things that he can do, that, you know, we can do to stop this. Ban these assault rifles and, and all of these things. And the, the reporter kind of laid out there all of the stuff that Biden had said and, and clearly wanted Biden to elaborate on what Biden had just answered. And, and Biden just answered all of the above. <laughs> right? Like, you got all these, you know, you got this question about something you said and then you know, it's like your boss saying, "Hey, uh, 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 clever, you, you, you were in, you, you showed up late for work yesterday," and then I just said, "You know, all of the above." Like, what? Come on, we're accepting these. Why? 
it, it just, it really it aggravates me to no end folks. I, I don't know why they, they allow this to keep happening. And, and, uh, and then he started rambling again. Rambling seems to be the, the, the definite, um, common factor here. Um, he got right out of the gun control thing. He pivoted like nobody's business out of the gun control and he pivoted to, um, uh, he kind of mumbled a little bit about how, you know, timing made him successful. Like, you know, dealing with things at, in the proper time made him successful. Lift off when the clock and, started. Which I, if you look at his career, I don't think that's the truth. Um, because, you know, I just don't. And he did this weird pivot to rebuilding infrastructure with the stats and how bad American roads and bridges were and all these miles of lead pipe and roads and that need to be replaced. And at one point he said, you can stop global warming and, and the roads are underwater and they need to be built three feet higher. And that's crazy. Right. AJ. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I'm like, what, this is just like Phil, like, like you don't like Phil material. Like you don't, you, you can't answer the question with details. And, and, and if you don't know, you don't know, but to, just, just, I mean, it's political and it's a way to debate. But it's not a way to address, you know, you're the leader and this is what we need from you. And it's just not the right way to do it. It's not. And and so what's my grade? So what's our grade? Let's get a little uh, little excitement music here, AJ. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So this was a tough one. It really was. I really was trying to be fair and, you know, fair and open, just like the media was always with our previous president, Donald Trump. Well, <laughs> and... I just, um, I don't think Biden is as good as he once was or once may have been. I feel his uh, questions were very pre-planned. His answers were canned. And even, you know, his over-the-top angry posturing three or four times or whatever it was, was, was scripted. And I don't think the specs of what we were told or, you know, any of the, the we weren't told anything other than propaganda campaign rhetoric. And I think he had a couple of off-script moments, seemingly because he lost his place in his notebook. And that, why doesn't that man wear glasses if he can't see? I don't understand it, but he does a lot of squinting. And that was, you know, the notebook came out and was put in front on his desk with old tabs and stuff right before he, he showed up at the podium. I think it was embarrassingly staged, and I don't think he presented himself well as the president of the United States. I think he presented himself as a declining geriatric who should be sitting on a rocking chair on his front porch with a nice cool glass of lemonade, talking about the old days with corn pop. So I give Biden a D plus on his presentation, because that's what it really was without the PowerPoint, a presentation as the leader of the free world today. But, um, he is our president. He is the president of the United States of America. And we will always, at the Two Clever Mafia show, support whoever is our leader, whoever is our commander-in-chief. And we wish them well. And, you know, God bless the United States of America. And I am Two Clever Mafia. You can check us out on www.twoclevermafia.com on all the social medias. We haven't been kicked off yet. It's at Two Clever Mafia. That's T O O Clever Mafia. If you'd like to support our show 
We would love to have you support our show. We've got quite a few supporters, and I'd like to say thank you to all of them. And But you can check us out over on Too Clever Mafia on how to support our show and whatever podcast you're listening to us on. Feel free to follow us. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything, and that way you won't miss any of these special episodes that pop up out of nowhere because we feel like bringing them to you. So on behalf of all of us here at the Too Clever Mafia show and AJ over in the sound booth, I wish you well. I am Too Clever Mafia. And that is all I have to say about that. Be well. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>